breaks the yoke. You know, growth is such a critical thing in the physical realm. When you take a child to the doctor, one of the thing, main things they're charting is what? Growth. You know, when I go, used to go over to Simonis's, used to, I still go over to Simonis's, but in their old house over on Franklin Street, in their pantry, they had a, they'd open it up and they had these marks on the pantry. Was it on the back, was it on the frame of the door, Mitch, or was it on the door? Backside of their pantry door. And it was the, the measurements of all the kids, of, of them growing. And it's such a cool thing. And, uh, you know, and you look at that and go, oh, that's really sweet. Well, it's really very important, too. Because Mitch and Leah took their kids to the doctor, and all of a sudden they noticed that one of them was at the same size for a year when they should be going on. Then that would signal something. Growth. Growth is crucial. And then when I was saying, okay, God, what about growth? And then the Lord just spoke to me. The verse, Isaiah 10, 27, and which says, So it will be in that day that his burden will be removed from your shoulders. Israel was in this, this place of bondage to this, this foreign king, and literally says, Will be removed from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be broken because of fatness. The yoke will be broke because of fatness. Now, the old King James Version says, the anointing breaks the yoke. And you've probably heard many sermons about that. But the Greek word there, Hebrew word, is not a word for anointing. It's literally a word for oil. And it has another compound word to it that just means fat. And fat in the Word of God is a good thing. Today, in our society, fat's not a good thing. You know, but there it was. And so when something became so big, it had a yoke on it. And as it grew, the yoke broke. I remember for me when I was, you know, my family was just sports, sports, sports. You know, that's all I knew was sports as, you know, coming up. And my, but the problem was my brother was 12 years older than me. And uh, which, you know, he could exert himself a lot on me in many years because he had 12 years on me. But the, it also a frustrating thing for me was when I went into first grade, he went in the the 12th grade, and when I went into the first grade, we moved to Okeechobee, Florida, and he finished high school in Melbourne, Florida. So I was apart from him. And really, the time that really, when I needed a big brother to really teach me a lot of stuff. So anyway, but he would do it. And then when he got, I got on up, as soon as he graduated from college, he went in the Air Force, and so he was in the Air Force, two tours in Vietnam, and you know, gone a lot. But he would come in, and we would play sports together, constantly. I mean, play basketball or baseball or football, and we'd play basketball, and he'd beat the snot of me. He would, always. And he, he, would, he, I mean, he was kind in it, but he would beat me. And, uh, but also, on the flip side, Bud was my hero. I mean, he was my hero. And uh, awesome. <laughs> Sorry. What? But anyway... So anyway, one of the things that was really interesting and tough for me was that as I started growing up, he was only by like 5'9", 5'10", at the most, if he probably stood up straight. But he was a great athlete. I mean, he was an athlete a year of high school that he was at, baseball, basketball, and football. 
But the problem is, he's 5'9", I'm 6'1". And so as we grew up, and all of a sudden, he would come and visit. And I'll never forget one of the days that we come. He goes, all right, let's go out and play basketball. And we're playing one-on-one. And he's going up for a shot, and I'm just going, poof. And I'm going, wait a minute. I can do this easy. I can drive on him easy. Wait a minute. This ain't supposed to be. This is my hero. He's invisible. But in essence, what happened was my growth broke the yoke. That was the last time he ever came close to beating me. Because why? My growth broke the yoke. And, and other things, too. So what when all of a sudden, what, and if you'll notice in your notes there, what God was speaking is why growth is so critical. You notice he says what we have a tendency to do is God saying, do not look just for an event for freedom. He says, think growth or long term will break the yokes in our lives. Too many times in our society today, we're looking for the quick fix. Jane said, she said, you know, she's been wrestling with it for six months. Now, I know Jane. She's a woman of God. She hears the Lord. She seeks the Lord. And you're telling me that God has not come to her? No. You know what's going on? Growth breaks the yoke. Because you know what? I mean, you know, it'd be easy for Jane to call and say, okay, call Freedom Team. Uh, you know, call Rick and, you know, let me, Rick, you know, pray for me. It'll be all right. She ain't going to grow up. Where's the growth? Growth's on me. But God is raising up in Jane that it's not the pastoral staff that's the, quote, overcomers. It's Jane that's the overcomer. It's, it's Rachel that's the overcomers. It's Terry who has the blank check. And that's what, you know, what it talks about in 1 Corinthians 2, that we not, you know, be you know, um, led by enticing words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power that men's faith rests in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's where our confidence is. That the growth in us breaks the yokes and releases into us the freedom that many of us have been praying for. Now, I'm preaching this, y'all, and guess what? I are in this. I am in this. Now, when we say growth, God said to me something you've heard me repeat many times, and he wouldn't let me get away from it. Because you hear these th phrases about growth in the Word of God many times, like in 1 Peter chapter 3, where it talks about that we may grow within reference to things of salvation. Um, you know, uh, oh man, my mind's gone blank. Uh, or Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up into him who is the head. The picture the Lord showed me is me, literally, when I was a kid, Bud had one of his old football helmets. Remember the kind that had the big ears? And, I had, you know, and I'd wear that thing around and it'd, it'd easily spin around in my head. But as I grew up, guess what? That football helmet would what? Fit. We're growing up into the head. Who? Jesus. The same helmet that he wears, you and I wear. Ain't that cool? 
Grow. So he said, grow. And so what did he say? And what he shared with me is something I've been repeating. And the first one is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. We, with an unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Now, many of you all have heard me say this too many times, and you've said it also, but I ask you for a few minutes here, do not let the familiarity with this passage of Scripture steal from your revelation. Because God, what God's saying is the growth that we're to have in 2015 is glory to glory. That the, the same measure of glory that you or I have in 2000, in the beginning of January 2015, is the same, not, same measure that we're living in in the same revelation in, uh, in June of this year. Think about this, because what's glory? Y'all remember? What's glory? What's glory? Thoughts, opinions, and recognition. How God sees, thinks, and recognizes His glory. The glory of God. We, with an unveiled face, is beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed glory to glory. That's what is there for us. Glory to glory. With God, it's not glory to failure. It's not with God. There is not failure in God's vocabulary. Hallelujah. How many of y'all had to remind me of this one, dude? I was meeting with Leah and Leanne Pearson, and they were rebuking me on this issue the other day. So I just want you to know I'm in this process too. You know. But it's glory to glory. Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Think of it like steps. Glory, glory, glory. And those steps lead just directly into the fullness of him. You're growing up into the football helmet. That's where that steps lead. The glory that God's got for you is. But now here's the warning. Here's a couple of warnings. Psalm 115, 8. Because what glory do we seek? What thoughts, opinions, and recognition do we seek? One Psalm 115, you know, now, wait a minute. Uh, first off, I want to say this. It's unveiled. The glory of God is unveiled for us. God is un not hiding it no longer. It doesn't get hidden. The, the correlation is here to the, the law of Moses. When Moses went up, on the, up on the, uh, to get the Ten Commandments, he comes down, and the glory of the Lord was so much on him that they veiled his face so that they would not look intently at that which was fading away. They couldn't handle the revelation, the glory of who Jesus was and who the Father was at that time because the cross had not occurred. It was too great. It was veiled. And it's important for you to catch that veiling what it is because when we start talking about this, seeing in the growth, it's not law to perform. I want you to notice in 315, I mean, yeah, in Sacrament But when to this day, whenever the mo whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. Do you hear what that says? To this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over the heart. Law means literally standards. What we can do is it literally how God, the fullness of law is how God ordered things to creation. But the law of Moses came in relationship to do's and don'ts so that you may be justified. So anyway, points in time, what we'll do is, is we put up standards for us to measure up to. Oh, I'm growing. Watch this. Let me do this. 
When you do that, it veils your face to the glory of God. Anytime you start pulling that mess, the veil has been taken away. And what you have is the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a law which is according to faith and love in the fullness of what Jesus has given us on the cross. Jane is an overcomer. She is. I am. I have peace. Am I releasing it? That's a whole other issue. The glory of Him. God says, look for it. See it. Look for it. See it. We with an unveiled face is beholding in a mirror. Look for it. See it. Well, what glory are you and I looking for? What glory are you looking at? And notice this passage in Psalm 115. It says, we, we will reflect whatever glory we look at. Whatever we look at. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. Those who make them. It's talking about idolatry. When you set something as an idol, you become like it. I.e., football, sports. You know, I, you know I'm a, I play sports, okay? But sports is not God. Sports does not bring fulfillment. I mean, I, I'm just sorry I'm being hard here for a second. But the thing that breaks my heart is, is that when that's the glory, we look at intensely of a team, and what will we end up looking like? If a tech... A Virginia Tech fan, intensely techite, looks at the techites, I mean the tech playing here and there, will he dress in blue and orange? He probably would not have anything in his closet that's blue and orange. It would be a sin. In Alabama. <laughs> It's, it's, it shakes things up whenever there's a girl whose family is from, has ties to Alabama, and all of a sudden she starts dating somebody that graduated from Auburn. <laughs> uh oh, dude. And that happened in the Kraft family. You sure about this? Georgia, yeah, Georgia. LSU's a bad one, too. But here's the. <laughs> But here's the warning for us, y'all, and this is not a negative thing to say, okay, I, I can't look at anything. No, that's not what I'm saying. In my heart, what am I looking at? What am I treasuring? Where your, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. What a glory. Search it out. Look for it. And then go on. And then go on to the next slide because watch this, what God's revealing to us. Because God told me, directed me to ju uh, Judges 6 about Gideon where the Midianites had conquered, uh, were coming in and, and just enslaving the, is, the Hebrews year after year at the time of harvest. Year after year. And a prophet caught, came, uh, the Lord sent a prophet there and said, listen, this bondage is going on because you have sinned against the Lord. It's, a stronghold is established. It's blocking off God's presence and His provisions from you. And, but they weren't listening. And all of a sudden, God appears, sends an angel to appear to this guy who was just a farmer's kid, Gideon. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, a valiant warrior. 
And so the growth this year is going to be in three areas that I just want to invite you to hear. First off, who is God? Notice the declaration there. The Lord is what? With you. That's who God. That's who God is. He's the one who will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So he was revealing himself. He was revealing the glory of him. Notice the second thing it says. Go on to the next slide. And it just rewords the same thing. O valiant warrior. He speaks the glory of who Gideon is. So there's a glory about who God is. There's the glory of who Gideon is. God says, I am with you. I just started weeping intensely when all of a sudden, you know, Ben started that first song where it talks about if God's for us, who can be against us? And I started weeping. And I just, uh, just to know that God is with me. The Spirit of God in me intercedes for me with groanings too deep for words. Jesus is in the courtroom of heaven. He ever lives to make intercession for me. And I got intercession going on in the heavenlies, and I got G- the Holy Spirit in me interceding for me, saying, Stand, Rick, stand, Rick. Oh, God. And so, glory about who we are. And then also, glory about our circumstances, where God says, But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. That's what God's saying about your circumstances. He'll speak and reveal his glory, his thoughts about it in 2014. Now, remember, it's going to be what? Glory to glory. Because catch this. What was Gideon doing before this angel appeared to him? He just, he's doing what? Just hanging around being a farmer's kid. All of a sudden, God says something else to him. He has to operate He's going to operate at a level of glory different than what he did before. Different. Glory to glory. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, when God starts putting in my heart way back and and going, you know, I put before you an open door which no one can shut. I'm going, God, surely you don't want me to go to ministry full time. Got too much debt. So I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Behold, you know, and he goes on and says that Revelations 3 passage. A level of glory into me that called me to operate something different. Or where he, that, that time that, that woman, Miss McClellan, I told you all the story where that woman looked at me and spoke the tongues to me. Everybody in the room hears tongues. And I'm looking and I'm hearing, I hear her say, y'all preach the gospel to the nations. But I didn't know that everybody in the rooms heard tongues. Until I asked the guy sitting next to me. You remember when Miss McClellan said to me, I'd preach the gospel to the nations? And Jeff says, she didn't say that. All she did was look at you and point her finger at you and spoke in tongues, Rick. And I got weak when I realized that. All of a sudden, God was calling me into a glory that was different than what I had. Forgiven. Many of you have been operating in sin. And you've been stuck in it. And God's saying, holy Forgiven, cleansed, receive it. Receive the glory, the reality of what he says. I paid for it on the cross. You don't have to torment yourself. You don't have to punish yourself anymore. The chastening for my well-being fell upon you. Glory to God. Glory. So God's going to reveal his glory to us this year. David was a shepherd. All of a sudden God reveals glory that he's going to be a king. God's a she- David's a shepherd, kills a bear, but he kills a giant. That's a different level of glory. 
Joseph gets level of glory. You know, he's a spoiled kid in his father's house, but he gets a level of glory that he's going to be a ruler. I could go all throughout the Word of God. So watch, listen, seek for what is the glory that God is speaking to you and I in 2015. Both glory about who God is, glory about who you are, and glory of God about your and I's circumstances. But now here's the, here's the interesting thing. Every time God speaks a level of glory, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, let's go on to the next slide, where it says the gospel, for it is the po- gospel. That means what? Dude, y'all, I like that because I am tired of trying to do it. I really am. You know what? The more I try to do it, the worse I screw up. I mean, it's just crazy. I could sit here and tell you all some of the things that God's doing in my life, and and I'm going, whoa, God, whoa. This is different than anything I've ever dealt with. So it's the gospel. It's the good news to everyone who believes. Okay. Crucial. The Greek word there is continuous action. Who believes to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Because what's important in that first part, y'all, many times we go, God speaks something. Okay, I believe it. And we leave it. We leave it. And some will, Satan will come and steal it. And you're wondering, I do remember God told me something. But why is it I'm not in it? Because you laid it down. I laid it down. There's words. But let's go on. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Faith to faith. Every every corresponding measure of glory takes an increased level of what? Faith. You remember me telling the stories about when when we're in college and God says to a bunch of crazy college students, I want you to have Pat Terry group there. Oh, we check and it's $660 to get Pat Terry group. I mean, y'all would laugh. I could really do that one Sunday. PJ, you would like that, what they sounded like. I mean, it was great for us, man. It was radical. And they used even, they close to using overhead projectors, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, and stuff. But anyway, $660. But then the very next year, God says, oh, I want you to get B.J. Thomas. And that's right after he got saved and he was speaking Jesus stuff. And we're going, oh, wow, how much that cost? $9,000. Whoa. Okay, we'll receive that. I took a level of faith for us to receive. And then at the same time, God says, well, I want you to get Andre Crouch at the same time you get B.J. Thomas. How much he cost? $6,000. That's 1978. For a bunch of college students, that was $16,600, I remember. Because we had to go ask the student government, who were a bunch of people who did not know Jesus, for the money. And they looked at us like we're crazy when we first said it. But I'm going, give us your money. Paraphrase, that's what I did. Give us your money. Y'all going to sponsor this. And they did. I'll never forget sitting there in the Coliseum there at Jack State next to this guy. They were nervous as I'll get out that they were funding this concert and they didn't have the totality of the money. And I'm standing back on the back of the stage and you see the Coliseum filled with people. And he said, man, this is awesome. And I know what he was saying. We'll go, our necks are off the line. And I said, brother, this is Jesus. Receive it by faith. Faith to faith. Faith to faith. Righteousness of God. The glory of God is revealed from faith. Notice what it says. Go to the next slide, please. 
Because what did, what did it do with Gideon? All of a sudden, God says, oh, valiant warrior. And Gideon said, Gideon said, oh, Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Where are all his miracles, which the fathers had said to us? God, you're telling me to do this? Well, all the facts do not line up with this word. Hallelujah. Guess what it takes? Faith. Because faith is assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? So if you can see it, it's not what? Faith. It's not faith. And that's what Gideon, he had to step into that measure, that level of faith that God called him into. Faith to faith. But literally, go to the next slide. Literally, it's out of faith to faith. You're standing in faith, okay? All right, God, I'm faithful right where you're at now. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you're saying, do what? That's to faith. Anything not of faith is sin. And God's saying, let me do a show to all of us. Hallelujah. Growth in this year will be glory to glory. And what? Faith to faith. That we're going to be in this place, y'all, every one of us in this room is going to be in this place that we're leave, believing levels of glory, levels, we're exercising our faith at different levels than we've ever done in our life. That is right. That is right. God forbid that we'd ever cease to live by faith. 1 Peter 1, 6, that the testing of your faith being more precious than gold. Y'all, the deal of having a nice, perfect life, being married with 2.5 kids and a two-car garage and all that kind of stuff, to let that be your standard of measurement, successful in everything that you do, I'm going to say this, y'all. That is a standard of the world. Is that the nature and character of God? Yeah. But it comes by what? Faith. Which is crazy. It's opposite. It's a growth. Now here's the question. Well, not yet. Okay. Don't ask that yet. Okay. Go to John 1.16. Praise God for this next verse. Because every corresponding measure of glory and every corresponding measure of faith releases in us the corresponding level of grace. For of his fullness we have all received and grace upon what? Grace. That's why it says in Galatians 3, 1, it says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Have you begun in the Spirit? Who are you who begun in the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the works of the flesh? You know, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. You know, a lot of what Dwelling Place was started on me, a lot of, not only one, but me just sucking it up and doing it. Just doing it. And you know what? All of a sudden, I can't, cannot do it. Yesterday was a good example. A brother in the body here was really hurting. Brother I have intense love relationship with. And I, I had to take my dad to the airport. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take Dad to the airport, okay, and then I'll come over and I'm going to come and see him. Resolved in my heart because I wanted to get to him. And all of a sudden, uh, 
Dad's flight, you know how it was foggy yesterday? From 10.50 to 11.37. No, 12.37. Then from 12.37 to 1.37. And I said, okay, it's 1.37, that's it. So I dropped him off, wanted to get back to the funeral. So I get here in the funeral, getting sitting in the back there, back there near where Nick's sitting, and all of a sudden I realize Dad's flight is canceled. So I've got to drive back to Roanoke, pick him up, because I left him there in a wheelchair sitting there at the gate. 91-year-old. And I couldn't get to that brother. But you know what? God was sending other people in this body. I don't have, I'm not the Savior. Jesus is. In the, in the expression of him in the body. That's called Grace. Because every place in this place, y'all, here's what the Lord said to me about, says the things that were stumbling blocks will no longer be at the end of 2015. Because why? God, you're going to see the measure of glory that God says about you. You're going to receive it by faith and hold it by faith. You will hold fast the confession of your hope because faithful is he who promised. And at the, in, the, in the end of it, it says, it goes on, it says, do not throw away your confidence which has great reward. For after you've done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. In other words, grace is released into your life. Grace is released into your life. You know, there's so many things in my life that were, that were major obstacles and bondages in my life. You know, I was the one who, the, you know, you heard me say before, the guidance counselor said, Sizemore, you'll never amount to anything. I'm the one that said, you know, why do I need to study English? What's the chance of me ever going to England? <laughs> I said those words. <laughs> and that's why I took freshman English three times until I married Paul. <laughs> and it was by the grace of God that he gave me a wife, not a wife at that time, a girlfriend that said, here, let me help you. And I know she heard that. But, and all of a sudden now, I'm writing books. That's grace. That's grace. Whatever, whatever. So year of 2015 is a year of growth. Growth in the revelation of God's glory, glory to glory. In relation to that, faith to faith. And corresponding to that, hallelujah, grace will be there. To bring into the fullness of that which you or I was believing. God is able to make all grace abound to us. All grace. All grace. All grace. Ted, can I tell that crazy story about, not the details of it, but that money, that businessman? Do you want to tell it? Ted and Laura. We're in a real tough time. Laura had been in the hospital. I think Laura had to go to, she had appendicitis at that time, didn't she? Right before that. And, uh, and it was a real tough time for them. All of a sudden, guess what? Somebody drunk runs into the front of their house at this same season and rips off the front of their front porch. Where sin is, remember, grace abounds all the more. During this season, I mean, Laura... You know, hospital bills, I mean, front porch ripped off. Well, they do. 
But this is how I interpreted it. And I may be evangelizing it, but it was good to me. Can't tell what it did to my heart. All of a sudden, Ted had this businessman who's not of this church show up at his house and give him a check for $25,000. Can we say grace? All of a sudden, the insurance company on the guy who ran over his front porch, all of a sudden, the insurance company pays for them to have a new porch, which I think you put it on, didn't you, BJ? Can we say grace? That's God. His faithfulness to Ted and Laura in the midst of a hard time. Grace. You got something, homeboy? I mean, I just wanted to speak something yesterday at the funeral. The Lord just really gave me this word really at the end, and I felt like I should just really share this as well because many of you that knew Irene Williams, just incredible blessing of this body, and um, just a great testimony. If you if you didn't if you weren't able to come yesterday, I mean, just wish I could share the testimony after testimony of how she loved on people in crazy ways. But I, I, it was just out of the Second Timothy passage, and it goes along with what we're talking about, and and it and it's just a challenge. I felt like I was almost like Irene was challenging us. She was just like. Because it says, for I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm sure that it is in you as well. And, and I felt like the Lord was just saying, and for me personally, and maybe for some of us in here, you know, it was, it was wild because, you know, I've, I've known Rick for a long time. I, I mean, I went to, we, we met in campus ministry back in the days of the Whirlies, the O'Reillys, all these people kind of get coming together at this place called Eagle's Nest, and and um, and we had actually uh, gone down to Big Stone Gap and uh, started doing youth ministry with Rick, you know, for a couple years, and then of course they left. They went to Boone, and and we didn't feel like we should go to Boone with them, and I can just remember that season of my life feeling a little bit uncovered because at this point in my life, I really, these guys had been discipling, walking alongside, they were with us all the way. And all of a sudden, the Lord just, that year, I can, I can mark it, that year was a big, probably the biggest growth for me in my life because I wasn't, it wasn't on the curtails of anybody else's faith. I was, we were really by ourselves <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, 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 but the cool part about that is that God, created so much growth out of that you know the internship was the same way I mean I can give story after story but I felt like the Lord was saying some of us need to come out from the curtails of the faith that we've been riding and resting on because he's creating this place in you of extreme growth this year that isn't resting on anybody else but you and the Lord and your time with one another and I just felt like, because he's, and, it, and, it, and this is what the Lord gave me for the family that, you, that Irene was saying, because it says, you know, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that it's in you. For this reason, I think Irene was saying, hey, for this reason, stir up the gift that's within you. Stir up this growth, faith to faith, glory to glory. Stir that up. 
And, and the Lord is doing that. I really believe that 2015 would be a year. You're stirred up to, to walk in a place that you've never walked before. And that's scary. You know, walking by ourselves, staying in Big Stone Gap, it would have been much easier. Hey, we'll just go on to Boone with the, the uh, Sizemores. But it was a crazy year of growth for us. And, and whatever your circumstance or situation, uh, I just feel like this is the word of the Lord. It's just declaring, stir up. For this reason, stir up the kindle afresh, the gift of God that's within you. For God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. So the Lord's, I just believe he's speaking that into us, that he hasn't given us a spirit of timidity. That's what, that's the, the not, going, not growing glory to glory, not, not going faith to faith, grace to grace. That's the timidity that the enemy wants to, and I feel like in some ways, this past year, maybe past several, I feel like I've been kind of somewhat cruising, like trying to just maintain or trying to not, trying to just be okay. And maybe some of us have been in those scenarios or situations, but God's calling us out of that. He hasn't given us a spirit of timidity. He's given us a spirit of, of, of power and, and love and, and discipline. So I just want to that be a prayer as we end. All right, can I ask, we confess something? couple of confessions. First one is based on Isaiah 10, 27. So, uh, Burba, you're going to have to confess this one, okay? I know this will be a stretch for you, but... <laughs> so, can y'all agree with me? Burba, you're going to go, what is he going to say? <laughs> it's just, I've been trying to get Burba here. Okay. Lord, I thank you that the fatness of the Spirit that is in me <laughs> will break the yokes that are before me. Lord, I receive the glory that you're revealing to me in 2015. Glory of who you are. Can we say, the glory of the awesomeness of who you are. The glory of who you say I am. And the glory of what you're saying about my circumstances. I receive it by faith. We receive it. Yes, yeah. Now, I just want to ask this. I really felt strong of this, is that we need to draw alongside one another. The times, we know that another brother or sister has heard something from the Lord, and that word is being tested like Rachel said. The word Rachel was sharing about was, what was it? Conquer, overcome? Where's Rachel? It was conquer, testing, trials. Why, the testing and trials. If you're going to be a conqueror, you've got to overcome something. I remember John Paul Jackson saying, you know, he's praying to the Lord and says, big battles make big men of God. And he's going, but God, I want little bitty battles to, to make me a big man of God. But it don't. To be a conqueror, you've got to overcome something. That's what God said to her. Look at the promise. Look at the promise. So can I, we have uh, the prayer teams up here, please, and we're going to close shop. Tulio, you got something?